0: You're listening to Nightlight. Hi, and a warm welcome once again to Nightlight. Well, Melvin is back with us once again on the program, this time teaching on a topic that I personally requested, and that is being separate. Because now more than ever is a time when we, as God's children, need to see how we can obey God's admonition to his children to come out from among them and be ye separate.
1: Nightlight, keeping you in tune with the times. Yes, I mean, you know, for many years, we all been looking Towards a time of the end, and you know when things are going to get tighter, and uh, you know the Antichrist and here the spirit of the Antichrist that's been working for almost two thousand years now, it's finally coming to a climax. That's right. The sad part of it is that the majority of Christians um, they have not really been preparing in the spirit. I mean, they've been aware of these things uh, from the Bible. But now you can see that here in the States and in the Western world, there is a lot of uh, these things that, you know, we've been looking forward to, we've been teaching or, you know, preaching by faith is now becoming a reality, right? Yes. Of course, you know, there is a way to prepare physically in the sense that, you know, some people, you know, they store a food, you know, they're buying gold or silver and uh, moving away from just having money in the bank or even just keeping currency notes. But, you know, people are buying gold, people are buying silver. There are people that are actually uh, trying to move away from the cities to move into more of a countryside, away from all the confusion. Now, all of that, you know, may help to a certain extent, but, you know, when we read the Bible, God wants us to be prepared to be separate from the world in the spirit and also in our soul and in our body. That's right. And that is something that a lot of churches and uh, Christians are not uh, getting into, So even though there are, you know, many, many things we can talk about on how uh, to be separate from the world, the best place is to go back to the Word and find out uh, how does God expect us to be separate, right? Amen. Now, when we look at the, the Old Testament, God was very faithful to get His people, of course, at that time it was the Jewish people, keep them separate from all the other nations and all the other, you know, countries that surrounded them, and God had to keep them pure from that. Now, of course, you know, it was a physical thing, so God kept them physically separate from the other nations. But since Jesus came, We can't really do that, but in the spirit, if we are separate and our soul actually follows the spirit and we want to be separate, we want to be pure, we want to be holy, then that is going to help us more in the coming days than just preparing financially or physically to take care of ourselves for a few years, right? Right. Now, I'm not saying that it is wrong uh, to do that. You know, just before the elections, uh, my wife and I, we got some canned foods and things in case the shops are closed. But we didn't get for like years. We just got for a couple of weeks, right? Yes. But at the same time, God has been uh, emphasizing on me and most of the classes I teach is now to help people to be able to prepare and be ready for the things that are coming, so that even though things in the world might go crazy, we have this trust in God and we know our God that's going to keep us from just going down the the river, being carried away by the current that the world is right now in. Right?
2: Yes,
0: absolutely.
1: So, uh, let us go to uh, 1 Kings chapter 8 and verse 53.
0: 1 Kings chapter 8.
1: And verse 53. Yeah, I'm not going to go a lot into the Old Testament, but I just want to pick up a couple of verses.
0: Okay, verse 53. For thou didst separate them from among all the people of the earth to be thine inheritance, as thou spakest by the hand of Moses thy servant when thou broughtest our fathers out of Egypt, O Lord God.
1: Yeah, that is Solomon. So it says here, for thou didst separate them from among all the people of the earth. Right. I mean, that's, that's like an amazing statement. It's not just people around them, but from all. But the sad part is that Simon Solomon himself went ahead and got involved with a lot of the women from different parts of the world, and we know how Solomon ended up, right?
0: Yeah, sad story.
1: Yeah, he did not keep himself separate like he was talking about. And so God's intention from the beginning— Right, was to keep his people separate uh, from the world. And in the Old Testament, there was a lot of uh, fear of God that kind of motivated them to be separate. But sooner or later, somehow the Jewish people, they went into, you know, worshipping other idols or getting involved with other nations, and God had to bring countries to enslave them till they cried out, and then God would uh, send a judge or, you know, a prophet or a king to bring them back and keep them separate, right? Right. And so it's not just new to the Christians, but the sad part of when Jesus came, He completely separated us in the Spirit. So if anyone who is born again, we are completely, our Spirit is separated. There is Our Spirit does not interact with the world. Yes, According to Ephesians chapter 1, when we are born again, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit, right? Amen. There is a separation uh, between a Christian who is born again, his Spirit, and the world. Now the world cannot penetrate into our spirit because in the spirit we have light, life. We have Jesus, the Father, the Holy Spirit, right? So the world and the darkness from the world cannot penetrate us. There is a seal. There is a division. And so the world cannot penetrate us. So God made it permanent. So in the spirit, we are permanently separated from the world. That doesn't mean in our soul, which is our emotions, our feelings, the way we think, our attitudes, our emotions, they have not been separated yet, right? Right. So our soul needs to be separated, and that is what Romans chapter 12, verse 2 talks about. He talks about being transformed by the renewing of your mind.
0: And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that he may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of
1: God. Yeah, so right there, the Bible is very clear that be not conformed to this world. That is, there is a separation. That verse is talking about our soul. That is where our mind is. So the Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you can prove that which is good perfect and acceptable will of god so once our mind is renewed you know we are separated and we are no more conformed to the world but if our mind is not renewed then we are still conformed to the world we are still part of the world as far as our soul is concerned that's right right but you know our spirit being sealed our spirit being uh, recreated is a complete work of God. All we did was that we accepted Christ and made Jesus our Lord, and God did that. We don't get any credit of it. we We had nothing to do with it. God did it. Amen. Because, first of all, He had to bring us into sonship. That means we have to become His sons, and so that we and Him, we have the same nature in our spirits, right? In our spirit, the Bible says the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. That's our spirit. Right. So our spirit is full of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness. We don't have any bitterness. We don't have any unforgiveness. We don't have any strife in our heart. Our heart, I mean, I'm talking about the spirit, is completely pure and complete and holy and righteous. So it is separated. But the soul is still interacting with the world, And so, we have to get our mind renewed by the Word of God so that that same separation can happen in our soul and also in our body. Amen. Right? Right. Now, if you read uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it talks about the body. You want to read that, Simon?
0: I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service.
1: And so here, Paul is talking to Christians, and he's saying that I beseech you, you know, that means strongly beg, right, to persuade strongly. He's saying, I strongly beg you to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. That comes from the soulish realm. So he's talking to Christians, Now, for a long time, as a missionary, I never really presented my body as a living sacrifice. And so, my body did all kinds of crazy things that, you know, I should not have done, but I did. But by the grace of God, now I understand the scripture, right, verse 1 is talking about our body and verse 2 is talking about our soul. So, God wants all of us, you know, to be separate, but your body is not going to be separate unless your soul starts to get separated right now that doesn't mean you know we go off into some mountain and you know build a small cabin and stay away from everybody right Right. Uh, and separate ourselves no that's not what the Bible is talking about Jesus never separated himself in that way Paul did not Peter did not because we need to be here in the world to be able to reach the people but at the same time in our mind and in our soul we can be completely separate. And I believe with all of my heart, according to Scripture, that is what knowing God is all about. Right. Our spirits are in constant communication. It's in constant fellowship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. But our soul is not. Our soul, we are, we are so involved with the world and the cares of this world, and actually the, the influence that we get is mostly from the world. And that's why we are so much dominated by fear and anxiety and worry and what's going to happen. And, you know, all of that is because our soul is being influenced uh, heavily by the world. And today I can see that, you know, even Christians that I talk to, a lot of them are so fearful, not just about the COVID-19, but fearful about their future, right?
0: Yes, even here.
1: Uh, even their social security that they might get. What's going to happen to that with $28 trillion that America is in debt to other country, I mean, to itself and to other countries, people are now, you know, the foundation of being able to live and be able to have the social security, uh, it's kind of shaken now, right?
2: <laughs> yes.
1: And so, our soul being separate is, is what the New Testament is all about, right? Like a candle in the night, it's nightlight. Now, if you go to uh, Leviticus chapter 20 and verse 26,
0: it says, And ye shall be holy unto me, for I, the Lord, am holy, and have severed you from other people, that ye should be
1: mine. So, God severed in the sense that He kept Israel separate. Now, it was a physical separation, like I was talking about before. Right. God did not want them involved in getting married to people from other, you know, nations. At certain times, God even told to kill all the children and even the animals. Right. When Israel went to war with other countries, God even asked them to do that. Right. Like Saul. Yes, he did. Samuel told Saul to, you know, kill all the animals. Right. And all the people, because God knew there was something that he did not want them to bring into the Israeli camp. But of course you can see Saul did not obey that, and you know, things went crazy. And so that in the New Testament, we are more influenced not just by physical things, but more by spiritual things. And so our battle is more spiritual than it was physical in the Old Testament. Yes. So to stay pure in our soul, God's word, through the Holy Spirit, helps us to, to bring that separation. So that is our responsibility. God did his part by completely separating us in the Spirit so that every child of God's Spirit is now separated from the world. Satan has no access to it, right? Amen. Satan has no access. No demonic power can ever enter into a spirit.
0: Praise God.
1: But in our soul... We are tormented by fear, worry, anxiety, and the things that are coming upon the world, right? The Bible says men's heart failing them of things that are coming upon the earth, right? That's right. And see, that, that basically comes from input that we get from the, from the world through our five senses and through our thought power, right? Every thought that comes in produces an emotion, produces a, a result, That our soul is either strengthened by the word of God or it is weakened by the input that we are getting from the world. Now, this is so crucial, Simon. Now for me that has been my goal, and I think it's gonna be my goal for the rest of my life. Wow. Is to allow my, you know, my soul to be separate. In every area. I want to be separate. Now, when we go into the New Testament.
0: Uh, John chapter 17, which verse?
1: Verse 14.
0: I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. And 15. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil.
1: And verse 16.
0: They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world.
1: And 17.
0: Sanctify them through thy truth. thy word is truth.
1: I mean this is really amazing. I, you know I read this verse so many times, but it's really amazing here. it says that I have given them thy word, and the world hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Now when Jesus repeats something twice, It's really, really important because he repeats that again in verse 16. They are not of the world, even as I'm not of the world. And then he gives us the clue or the key, and it says it is the word. I have given them the word. That is what separates us from the world. Yes. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is the truth. Now, we have to understand we are sanctified in the spirit, right? We are set aside when we first receive Jesus Christ, our spirits are sanctified. We don't need any sanctification uh, in the spirit. But our soul still needs to be sanctified, in the sense that the Word of God is what sanctifies our soul. Yes. That is our thoughts, our, our you know our emotions, the way we react to things, our attitudes. All of that need to be sanctified and separated from the attitudes of this world. Now, a lot of times, Christians don't think that way. I mean, it's really amazing that a lot of churches, including a lot of pastors, including Christians, including myself, I never ever, you know, even as a missionary, thought about, hey, wait a minute, I, I, I need my soul to be, you know, sanctified and holy. Every time I read a verse on holiness, I would just skip it. Because in my flesh, I just wanted to do things, whatever I wanted to do, right? I didn't want to stop certain things. I didn't want to give up some addictions. I didn't want to do, you know, certain things. I wanted to keep on going because I wanted the benefit of both the kingdoms, the kingdom of God and also the kingdom of the devil. And so a lot of Christians, they never think about that part of being a Christian, that we are separated. We need to pursue holiness. That's what the Bible says. That's right. We need to pursue holiness. Pursuing holiness means the holiness is already there. We are made holy, we are made complete, we are sanctified in the spirit. We are already holy in the spirit, but that has to manifest in our souls so that now we walk in holiness. Now, holiness doesn't mean that we don't commit a sin or we don't make some mistakes. Holiness means we are separated. Doesn't the Bible call the church the ecclesia, right? The separated ones, right? That's right. (laughs) So we are separated in the Spirit, and now we have a job to do, and that is to allow grace and the Word of God to help us to learn to live godly, righteously, and soberly in this world. I talked about that in the last class. Now, Simon, the word soberly doesn't mean that you can't have a drink or have some wine. No, the word soberly is also talking about soberly in your mind. That means you're not intoxicated by the influence of the world. Now, you can be drunk with alcohol, that's a physical thing, and then, of course, you might act crazy or do something wrong. But you can also be intoxicated by the thoughts, attitudes, right, and the ways of this world. And that's what the Bible is also talking about. Being sober means don't be intoxicated with those attitudes, mindsets, and influences of the world. Yes. Now, you know, Peter drank wine, Jesus drank wine, but they were not, Jesus was separate in his mind from the world. And that's exactly what the Bible wants his children to walk in. And that is when, you know, the spirit of fear has no influence over us. Yes. And that is when the power of God starts to manifest in our daily life, right? Amen. Now, I'm not saying that you have to be completely separate. You know, God's power can start manifesting, right? The Bible says, you know, he can do exceedingly abundantly, right? above all that you can ask or think according to the power that worketh in you. A lot of times people take that verse and say, yes, God can do exceedingly abundantly about all that I can ask or think. No, there's a condition to it, and that is according to the power that worketh in us. So we have that power. God gave us that power so that we can overcome the world, but that power has to be working in us, that is in our soul. So in order for that to work, we have to have a separation. Amen. A lot of Christians, we have that power, but it's not really working in us. That's right. I mean, it might work in an extent, to some extent. Like, for example, we might be a missionary preaching the gospel, so that that works in that area. But in the rest of the part of our life, it's not working, right? Right, right. And so what we do is we ignore it and say, oh, yeah, maybe it's not for me. You know, I don't think God wants me to walk in power in that area. No, that's not true. That's the devil convincing us. God wants us to walk in all the power that he's given us because that's why he gave it to us. Right. Amen. And so here it says the word is what separates our soul from, from the world. And jesus also said that right right now you're clean through the word that i've spoken unto you right and you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free see the truth and here right here in john 17 jesus is saying that father your word is the truth and that is what sanctifies our soul right now the christians have to understand this very clearly the sanctification of a spirit was done by God the, the day you received Jesus Christ and was born again. Amen. But the sanctification of the soul, you have a part to play in it. We got to take the Word of God, and that is what separates us from the from the world. Nightlight, keeping you in tune with the times. Okay, let's go to Second Corinthians chapter six and verse seventeen. Simon, it
0: says. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you.
1: We should go from uh, verse 14.
0: Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? and what communion hath light with darkness.
1: Now, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, right? You know, in the past, I thought that means, you know, if I don't live with my relatives and with other people that are unbelievers, right? If I live with other missionaries, then I'm okay, right? <laughs> now, it, no, it goes beyond that. It says, be not unequally yoked together. You know, the unequal yoke, Simon, is that we have two bulls, and if the bulls are not matching in, you know, in height and strength, that yoke is going to be unequal. It's not going to produce the right result, and that's what it's talking about here. Yes. When you're yoked, that means your attitude, your mindset, your, you know, the way you respond to things your emotions, all of that, if it is yoked together, that means it's balancing out, just like the way the world is, then that is not what our believers are supposed to be. That becomes unequal. So what we have to do is that we have to go by Jesus said, my yoke is light. And my, my, sorry, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So Paul is talking about that yoke. So the thing is, we can't in our mind be connected and united with the world. Amen. There has to be a separation. Right. And then it says, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? So here, Paul is drawing a a line. On one side, he says, believers, unbelievers. There's a separation. Then he says, we are righteous and they are unrighteous. No matter how good A person who doesn't believe in Jesus is they're still unrighteous and no matter you know how a believer who commits a lot of sin we are still righteous see there's a separation when you received Christ we are righteous because of the blood of Christ not because of what we did right so there is a separation right there right now in a spirit there is not even a dot iota of darkness because in John 1 John, it talks about in him there is no darkness, right? Yes. So we are in him, so there is no darkness in our spirit. But our soul, a Christian soul and mind can be filled with darkness to some extent. And that has to be separated. So Paul puts us under light and the unbelievers under darkness. Yeah, read 15, Simon
0: and what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel?
1: Okay, so they put Christ as a believer and Belial as an unbeliever. Now people say, oh, he's talking about Christ. No, he's talking about us who is in Christ. We are separate. Now you remember when uh, Paul was going on the road to Damascus and Jesus appeared to him in a light, right? Right. And Jesus told him, Saul, why do you persecute me? He didn't say, why are you persecuting my church? He said, why are you persecuting me? See, Jesus doesn't separate himself from us. We separate ourselves from him by saying, oh, yes, you know, I'm a sinner. I'm nobody. I'm weak. I'm dumb. I'm stupid. Christ is great. But, you know, I am. See, we separate ourselves from Christ and we identify ourselves with the world. You know, I'm weak, I'm stupid, I'm dumb, I am, you know... No, the Bible says Christ unifies Himself with us. So He's not separating. And Paul said that. He said, you know, the life that I live is not I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me. See, we are one. See, when I started understanding that Simon, that Jesus and I, we are one in spirit. The Bible says that he that is joined to the Lord is of one spirit. And that's what Jesus was telling us all before he became Paul. He's saying, you are persecuting me. See, Christ identifies. The devil knows that we and Christ are one. All the angels in heaven knows that Christ and us, we are one. But as Christians, we don't believe that. We somehow, in a mind, we think, "Oh, Jesus is holy. He's separate." You know, I need to do all of these to try to become holy. None of those works. Jesus and me, I'm one. We are not separated. That is my spirit. But the more I think like that in my in my soul or in my mind, the more of the mind of Christ becomes my mind and now even my soul starts operating as one with Christ and see that is what a lot of times uh, Christians don't understand and the more I believe that because of God's word says that Simon the more I am separated even in my soul. I'm not saying I have arrived you know there's a long way I need to go. But it's exciting, it's it's wonderful, and, you know, I want to get my soul completely separated from the world. Not that I want to go and hide somewhere, but to be able to be in the world and not of the world. Right? Amen. Can we read the next one?
0: Verse 16. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And 18. And I will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty.
1: Okay, so what agreement has the temple of God with idols? What is the temple of God today?
0: Well, our bodies.
1: Our body, right? Now the body houses our soul, right? And it also has a spirit. A spirit, we don't have to worry about it, which is sanctified. But a soul and a body is the temple of God, not just our physical fingers and you know, hands and mouth, but also the soul, uh, the way we you know our mindsets, attitudes, the way we think. All of that has to become the temple of God, and that's what we read uh, in Second Corinthians chapter one and two. One is the body, two is the soul. Right. So here it says, they they can't have any agreement. So we can't go by the counsel of the world in any matter. In Psalms chapter one, right? David talks about it, blessed is a man That doesn't follow the counsel of the ungodly. Ungodly means someone that is not according to the word of God. Going according to the word of God. It could be your wife, your children, uh, your husband, your parents. Anyone that gives you counsel that is not according to the word of God is an, an ungodly counsel. Now, here it says we can't agree with that. For you are the temple of the living God. Amen. Now, this is the part I want to get to. I will dwell in them and walk in them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Yes. Simon, in the Old Testament, to dwell in them was not possible. God could not dwell in people because their spirits were not recreated. So God could be with them. But here it says, I will dwell in them and I will walk in them. Simon, those two things are two different things. Amen. As a new creation, as a child of God, God dwells in us. Yes. Okay, if you're born again, God dwells in us. It doesn't matter how your soul is operating. He dwells in us. But for Him to walk in us, our soul has to be sanctified by the Word of God. And that is called the renewal of the mind. When the Bible talks about walking in the spirit, walking after the flesh, it's talking about our daily life, what happens in this world with our mind and our body. But dwelling is already there. The Holy Spirit dwells in us, dwells in us. But we have to allow the spirit to work through our spirit to help our soul to do the same. But if the soul it's not separated from the world, then that possibility becomes much less. Now, the more your mind is renewed to the Word of God, the more this sanctification and this walking of God in our daily lives will become a reality. Now, when that happens, just like Paul, when he was bitten by a serpent, he just shook it off. Right. The reason was because his soul knew exactly that nothing by any means shall hurt him to the degree that the physical manifestation of a serpent's bite did not move him. See, that is what the Bible is talking about. See, in his mind, he was separated from what the world can do to him. Wow. And he did not fear it. And Simon, that is what is available to us. But see, we don't walk in it because our mind is not renewed to the word of God. And so here it says God wants to uh, dwell in us. He did that when you first received him. And then he wants to walk in us. And that is the part, as Christians, we don't allow him to do because we are ignorant of that. The Bible says my people perish for lack of knowledge. Right. See, I used to teach on this many a time. But just in the last week, When I was going through it, the Lord just showed me, look, you know, I want to walk in you. And I knew that I was not allowing him to walk in me to the extent that he wants me to walk in. When Jesus was on the earth, he said, look, the works that I do, it's not I that doeth it, but my Father that liveth in me. And the words that I speak, it's not my words, but my Father's words. You see that? The Father indwelt in Jesus, and Jesus allowed him to walk in him. You see, that is being a Christian. That is when when all the promises of God becomes a reality in our daily life. Right. See, that is when we are separated from the world. We might be in the world, but we are separated from the world. For example, when Paul and Silas were thrown into the dungeon. Yes, they were prisoners in that dungeon but Paul and Silas' soul was separated from that. So they started singing and praising God. They were not doing that for God to release them. right See a lot of times Christians think Christians think that oh, okay, I'm in trouble so now I'm going to start praising God so can God can deliver me? No, that's a selfish form of praise. Amen. We are praising God so that He can do something for us. No, worshipping God, you're not worshipping God so He can deliver you from something. No, in the New Testament, as a child of God, that is what we do all the time. Rejoice ever more, pray without ceasing, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Rejoice ever more, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks. So I moved away from that to where I'm praising God because I want God to deliver me or do something. No, now praise becomes part of who I am. And I worship the Father not because I need something from Him, because He's already given me everything. I'm blessed with all spiritual blessings. So Paul and Silas, they were not worshiping God, praying so that they can be delivered. That's right. They were doing that because that was their nature, in their soul. Wow. And see, that shows a complete separation. See, anybody, for example, if I was in the prison, my attitude would be like, God, I'm serving you. And then I get beaten up and thrown and locked up in this prison, right? <laughs> I'm not sure if I'll ever be delivered from here. Probably I will die here. See, that would have been my mind if I was not separated in my mind from the world. But see, Paul and Silas didn't do that. That's not because they had some willpower. That is because God is walking in them in that situation. Right. And you see the separation, Simon? Like a lot of denominations, they think, okay, you know, I'm a Baptist. uh, And so we are separate. We are the ecclesia. We are the separated ones. And now the... The Pentecostals or the Catholics, they're not. We are. See, they take the separation more on a physical level. But that's not what the Bible is talking about. It's talking about it doesn't matter what group you belong to, which church you go to, or where you are. You have to be separate in your soul. Amen. Now, when you're separate in your soul, you will never say, oh, that church is not right, or this church is not right. No, you'll try to help them. Also, so that their soul can be separated from the world. Because our soul and our body is what interacts with this world. And the God of this world is Satan. The Bible says the whole world lies in darkness. And we are in the world. And we are bombarded every day with influence. Like, for example, the secretary of health or whatever is a transgender in the United States. Gross. Yeah. I don't call it her or uh, him. I call it an it. Right? Right. <laughs> so, Unbelievable. what happens is it is going to bring forth in children. It's also planning so that parents don't have a say whether a 10 or 11 year or 13 year old can choose to be a transgender without the permission of the parents. My God. That is how it is headed. Right? It's not passed yet, but that's where it's headed. And they want all children that are, don't have parents, they're gonna ask them to choose or motivate them to change their gender. Now, a lot of money is being siphoned off towards all of these things, right? Taxpayers' money. See, the world is, is trying to influence our teens and our children and us. And a lot of parents today, even Christian parents, their minds are more influenced by what the world has to say than what God's Word has to say. And so if you don't fight to get our mind renewed and to stay in the fullness of Christ, so there is a separation, we are going to fall. Yes. And that is what a lot of Christians don't understand. Right. You know, I was thinking, oh, I've been a missionary for Christ, you know, since 1986. You know, when I go to heaven, there's a great reward for me. All of that is good. But if I'm not every day getting my soul through the word of God, through grace, to be able to be separate. It's not my works, but I'm allowing and I'm desiring to do that. And then grace goes to work and helps me through the word of God to be separate, right? And touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. Now, Paul is talking to Christians. So it's not saying that, you know, uh, he will receive you, you, mean that you will get saved. Because the Bible says, while you were at sinners, Jesus died for you, and God raised you right. up to be seated with him in heavenly places. While you were at sinners, while you were under the God of this world, the prince of the air, who blinded the eyes of them that did not believe. So God received you when you were the worst sinner, right? Yes. <laughs> so this is not saying that if you touch the unclean... No, what it's saying is that you know, the unclean thing is that influence that comes from the world. It's not prawns or shrimp or pork or, you know, it's none of those. In the New Testament, it's all spiritual. So the world, the God of this world is trying to influence us to get a mind to accept the ways of this world. And that is the unclean thing. So we don't touch it. We are separate. We are not unequally yoked with it. Amen. See, when you see it from that point of view, you want to stay clean. Like, we don't want those attitudes coming into us. And it says, I will receive you. That means he will start walking in us. Now, look at the last one. And I will be a father unto you. Now, let me ask you, if you're a saved Christian, is God your father?
2: Yes, of course.
1: He's already your father because he's the father of lights. John said, what manner of love has the Father bestowed upon us that we might be called the sons of God? So that is already done. God is a father, but he's a father to a spirit. Now he wants to be a father to a soul too. And I will be a father unto you and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Right? Let me ask you something, Simon. Like say, for example... You know, when I was in India and I had, you know, I have four children at that time and even now, but when the kids were small, if I left my wife and my children to go to another country to work, to make a lot of money, and I never come, you know, I have no interaction with the physical interaction with my wife and children, but I'm trying you know just to make some money and you know i don't see them for 10 12 years i'm still a father to my children right yes that doesn't change but they're not benefiting right except for some money that i said they're not benefiting from me being a father or a husband do we understand that yeah right see The same thing with us. The Father is in us. He's already a Father. But we are not allowing Him to be a Father to us in our soul and in our body. Because we don't want to be separate in our soul. And so we think, oh, if I read the Word, you know, an hour, and if I praise God, and, you know, I fast and I pray, okay, that is great. No, 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 no. This is talking about A father who loves us so much wants to be a father to us even on the outside. That means he wants to walk in us, talk through us, because that is when we really walk as the manifested sons of God. Uh, Romans chapter 8 talks about it. Even the creation is waiting to be delivered. Now of course that physically happens when Jesus comes back in the millennium, but as If you walk as a manifested son of God now, you can be a blessing to all the people that you come in contact with, right? Yes. You can lay hands on the sick. They can get recovered. They can deliver people from oppression, depression, all of that. See, we can only do that like Jesus did and Paul did if we allow. That separation to, to happen in our souls and also allowing God, which is Jesus in this case, to work in us, to be a father to us. So it's not like a father that you have, but you're not able to benefit from the father in your daily life. Do you see the difference? Yes. And so see, that is what God is leading us into in this end time. Just like in Daniel 11 verse 30 it talks about they that know their God shall do exploits. See the knowing is not just in a spirit but it is in a soul. Knowing is an intimate daily interaction where the nature of God is now manifesting in our daily lives. According to 2nd Peter chapter 1 and verse 4 for unto us are given exceeding great and precious promises that by these, you become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world. See, the nature of God manifests into a soul through the word of God or the promise of God when we have escaped the corruption. That means that we are not allowing the influence of the world, we are being separate. See, that's how the Father walks in us, God walks in us, Jesus walks in us. And that is the goal. Why is, what is the use of God being in us if we are not going to allow Him to be a father to us? Yes. And so that separation goes into every part of our of life. Just like you know, Isaiah 41:10, I was teaching this class to my kids the other day. Fear them not, for I am with you. Now that is the old testament, What he's in us now. So when you're separated. In your mind, you will know that, that you don't need to fear because God is in us and he's going to walk in way. Be not dismayed. Don't be discouraged. For I am thy God. See, when you know that you are separated from the world and you will not be discouraged. Even if you get discouraged, you will bounce back because you know God is in you and is walking with you. I will help you. I will strengthen you. See, that is what keeps us separate. So we are not afraid, oh, I'm not going to get the help. Will God heal me? Will God supply my needs? No, that is not even there when your soul is separated from the attitudes and fears of this world. I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. He's already done that into a spirit. We are the righteousness of God. But he's saying even that righteousness, you will walk in it inspiring you to dig deeper into God's Word. You're listening to Nightlight. Simon, I'll stop there because it's past one hour, but, you know, I hope sometimes we can continue this. But anyway, that should give us a good understanding or a motivation of what being separate from the world means. And Jesus said, you know, I have taken you out of this world And that is our spirit. He cannot be in touch with the world, but our soul still needs the sanctification, the input of the Word of God so that we can stay separate. Because Simon, the things that are coming upon the world, if we are not separate in our soul, is no use going around saying, I'm separate, I'm separate. No, it has to be a reality. That's right. Where the Father is walking in us. God, Jesus is walking in us every day. Amen. Right. Right. Simon, any questions?
0: <laughs> you know, Melvin, I've been thinking of those very same verses uh, from 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 through 18, in relation to these vaccines that multitudes of people are eagerly lining up for, even many Christians. I mean, our bodies are the temple of God where His Spirit dwells, and those verses command us not to touch The unclean thing. I mean, nothing could be more unclean than these vaccines. And the companies that make them are not even required to disclose everything that's in them. But we know that they are experimental mRNA vaccines that actually alter your DNA. They also use aborted fetal tissue. I mean, they are a satanic concoction It's horrific to see even Christians putting their faith in these vile and possibly deadly vaccines instead of the Lord.
1: Yes, Simon, you know, the Bible says that the whole world lies in darkness and that the darkness fear is the power of darkness, right? Right. And so this COVID uh, brought fear across the world And so that even Christians that are not rooted in the word of God, they fall for this fear. Like even in America, the death thing that you see are not actually from COVID, right? That's right. Large percentage of that is just normal flu. And if you look at it uh, in the world, you don't hear any deaths from flu anymore. That's true. Like every year, America had hundreds and thousands of, you know, deaths from normal flu. The flu season, you know. So they added all of that, and they brought it up to this level to bring fear into the world. And of course, the the vaccine has in it, you know. You know, there is a lot of different kind of vaccines, and people have all kinds of different theories about what is in an, in a vaccine. But we do know that vaccine is a forerunner of how to get a DNA's. Uh, you know, even from the inside of us, from our bodies, to somehow not, you know, be godly, right? That will influence our mind. It will influence the way we think and all of that. So if you look at, you know, Daniel and uh, Shadrach and Meshach when they were, you know, prisoners or the food that was given to them by the king, they refused it. They said, no, we won't eat that food. Now, that was going to cost them probably their lives. But they said, no, we will not. See, the reason they could do that is because in their mind, they were separate, Simon. That's right. They were not doing that, you know, oh, if I don't do it, God is going to kill me. No, they were separate in their mind and in their soul. So they had the conviction to say no. Same thing with when they were going to be thrown into the fiery furnace. They said no. Our God is able to deliver us, but even if he doesn't do that, we are not going to bow down. See, that is what I was talking about in this class, is that in in our soul, that is where we are solid. So that even if, you know, for whatever reason, you have to take the vaccine, for whatever reason, you know that nothing by any means shall hurt you. Praise God. You know, the world is light and darkness. It is a fear. That is completely ruined a lot of Christians' faith that God can be trusted. They still believe in God, but they don't. So the Antichrist and the spirit of the Antichrist and his people are running the show. They say, you've got to wear two masks now, not one. God. And even if you take vaccine, you still have to wear a mask and you have to social distance. Can you believe that? How can you, then why do you need the vaccine? Exactly. See, the idea is to keep us obedient to what they say. And see, that's that's what the Christians don't understand. They think, oh, it's okay, I'll wear a mask, right? But there are people that don't wear a mask and they're getting put in jail. They're standing up for what they believe.
2: God bless them.
1: But lukewarm Christians, they're gonna go by the flow. Whichever way the current flows, they're just gonna float along. But once you get your mind and your soul in the Word of God and allow Christ to manifest, that will not even become an issue, right?
0: Right. Amen.
1: Yes, Simon. Go ahead. Anything else?
0: <laughs> well, thanks, Melvin, for all you shared. That certainly given us much to think and pray about and to examine our own hearts, whether we are truly walking separate from this world. I think that's all we have time for unless you have anything else.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, this is like the greatest revelation that has come into my life as a Christian. Uh, and that is that God had made himself, put himself in us, and he wants to work himself into our soul and into our body. That is scripture. And so for me, that is become my passion. That has become what He called the basis of all of my teachings, right? Because you cannot live a heavenly life with a natural mindset. You can't do that. And so that transformation that Romans 12, 2 is talking about has to take place. And that comes from us, first of all, having the the knowledge that, yes, God wants to live in us, in our soul. He wants to show himself. He wants to show himself strong in us. And see, that is motivating me to spend more time in the Word, to teach it, to, you know, to pray about it, to praise God, to thank Him, you know, and my relationship with the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost is so much more real today than ever before. I'm not saying this to brag or say anything, I'm better than anybody, no. Right? I don't want to be better than anybody. I want to just be like Jesus. Amen. Now, that's my goal. And that comes by me allowing him to walk through me in this daily life. Okay, Simon, thank you so much. And God bless. (laughs) Thank you for having me.
0: You're always welcome, Melvin. And please pray for Uganda, because we have one of the lowest mortality rates in the world from COVID, less than one per day, while hundreds die every day from other preventable diseases, but still they're very quickly rolling out this vaccine when there's no medical need for it.
1: Yeah. I mean the best thing is, right, you know, somehow they can come to the knowledge that you don't need it, right? <laughs> and the churches is that the churches are supposed to do that.
0: Yes, I've written to the Prime Minister whom we know and some of the church leaders trying to wake them up to the physical and spiritual dangers.
1: Yeah, I mean, that is fantastic, Simon. That's what that's what's going to change, right? The leaders in the Christian world speaking up and telling their congregation not to worry and not to take this vaccine, yes. Okay, Simon, God bless. I will uh, speak to you soon. God bless you. Okay, bye.
0: <laughs> and let's go out with this from Jerry Asmus, looking forward to The Kingdom to Come.
2: Tell you not to worry We'll be taken up in a hurry